How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another game night with Eddie. I'm your host, Eddie Soleil. And honestly, it's really great to be back with you guys again. Uh, I think it's been definitely more than a week since I've done a podcast. Probably the last one was on the 5th of January. It is already the 17th, so been a couple days. Uh, <clears throat> definitely more than a week. And more than two weeks. So, just want to get back into it. I just finished watching the OKC and Laker game today. And boy, was it a good one. We ended up going to overtime. Lakers win 138-128 in overtime. And of course, Patriots. Um, we're going to be recapping their playoff game against the Chargers. And they are moving on to Kansas City to play the number one seed in the AFC for the championship and it's going to be this weekend we're going to be previewing that game as well honestly looking forward to you know this podcast it's great to be back exciting games I mean the Lakers have been in a slump and mostly because LeBron's not in the game they've been having to really find themselves as a team and I think today, today's game really solidified their um, their efforts and really their cohesiveness on the court. It was really something amazing to watch. Um, I was actually cooking while I was watching the game, so <laughs> I was going crazy in the kitchen. All right. So without further ado, Laker fans, Patriot fans, welcome back to another game night. And we're about to get into it. Alright, so we're back here taking a look at some Laker games. And last off... um, or last time that we were talking about the Lakers, we were about to play the Pistons, um, and we ended up winning that game. So, in total, you know, I've missed 15 days <laughs> of NBA season basketball, which actually, up to this point, is so I missed basically four games of analysis or whatever this is and it's all right i think definitely this is a space where you know i can talk to you guys about what's been going on and really work's been really crazy we actually just got um some more people added to the team and i think i've been putting a little bit of extra hours into the to work so i haven't even been on a regular sort of schedule like I was prior to uh, the last couple weeks Um, for example I previously had to for you know drive down to San Diego and I didn't come back uh, from this work trip until like 9 p.m. so you know it doesn't leave too much time to be breaking down film or you know be watching games and uh, commenting or like taking notes and putting notes together um so i think um 
I apologize. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's good to be back, but let's take a look at the last four games that we just missed, um, starting with the Pistons and Laker game, which is a game that I saw. I ended up watching that game, but I didn't end up talking about it. Um, we ended up winning 113 to 100, and this is the game where Kyle Kuzma actually dropped 51 points, and that was in his hometown. He grew up in Flint, Michigan, and I mean, what a homecoming for Kyle Kuzma! Now in his second, uh, you know, year in the league, really stepping up to the plate as the next best player on this Lakers squad. Uh, he's our point maker. When he's hot, we are unstoppable almost. Because not only is he able to score um, almost effortlessly, he's a very great rebounder. And on some choice plays, very smart plays, he drives to the bucket and comes up with really... Uh, on the money assist for points. So, Al Kuzma has been shining, and we really saw that in this game against the Pistons, where we won 113 to 100. And then we went to the Jazz. Um, we went to Utah, and we actually lost to the Jazz, got a beat down. 95 to 113. Um, after going to Utah, I believe we came back to play the Cavs and we lost against the Cavs 101 to 95. And then we played the Bulls and we won. We beat the Bulls 107 to 100. So finally, that leads up to today's game, meaning in the last four games, the Lakers were 2-2. Two and two. Coming into this game, we had lost um, two games out of three. So to kind of sort of get back even, into the swing of things into the last four games we had to come out with this win and it was a playoff environment we went to Oklahoma and what ended up being like a 17 point deficit at some point for the Lakers um, and really a lazy effort in the beginning of the game we really turned it up and turned the whole game around um, starting in that second quarter. And I'm going to go through the, the notes that I took throughout the game just so that we can sort of look at this game point-wise because this game is sort of like, like I was, I was mentioning in the beginning of the episode, I do think this is a, a game that sort of, immense what Luke Walton is doing with this squad um, and how the players are reacting to what he's able to or, or how he's able to rally them 
into uh, really putting forth a winning effort. All right, so I hopped into the game. Um, seven minutes and 21 seconds left in the first quarter, and we were down 16 to seven. Now, um, as I was watching, and Oklahoma's lead went from 16 to 7 to 27 to 17 so their lead was expanding and then even into um, the last two minutes of the first quarter uh, Oklahoma was leading 33 to 20 so what I was seeing at this point was that there were too many open threes caused by Westbrook's ability to push to the rim off the fast break so um, we weren't getting our shots off really well, and <clears throat> Westbrook is such a hustler and that he's on both sides of the court, so he'll pick up a rebound, and, you know, I heard one of the announcers during the game say he's a one-man army, so he'll go, um, you know, from, from one side of the court to the other side of the court, and basically set up uh, where he has two or three Lakers chasing him down. And by the time that his teammates, you know, set up in the corner for a three, they're wide open. And so it's an easy assist for Westbrook. Uh, because he's able to pull so many players to him. That his his uh, his teammates are wide o left wide open, and it was you know that's just lazy defense. That's not putting a body on someone in transition. Uh, that's something that you know it's more of like a, they they can do it. They're good. De are, the Lakers are good defensive team. It's just that for some reason uh, in that first quarter, in the beginning, it's like they started the game slow or soft. As if they, they started the game anticipating that they were going to lose. And so they just kind of, you know, were lollygagging around. But, you know, by this point, uh, the Lakers were looking slow and not playing together and aggressively. They conceded 12 consecutive points um, by OKC. And finally, KCP. See, this is what I like KCP. He's able to sort of at least halt, maybe buffer or muffle the, uh, the, the like sort of like huge runs that teams can sometimes gain on us. For example, in this 12 consecutive point drive, it was broken by KCP's three-pointer. And that's something that's like a, that's a splash, you know, sort of, that's a momentum sort of changing or momentum altering kind of shot. Um, because then, you know, players or the, the Laker teammates see that KCP is, you know, starting to get a little hot. Maybe start feeding him the ball more, and then that encourages ball movement and a little bit more hustle, maybe on the defensive side as well, because then you get a little eager to get back on offense. Um, something that I also saw was Luke Walton 
changing the lineup a little bit. And so if he was, um, and we've seen this before, trying Ingram at point guard uh, in a lineup with Beasley, KCP, Zubak, and Hart. And I think that Ingram's sort of starting to accept that role a little bit more. And it helps so much more when he's like uh, playing aggressive. Um, and obviously not having a slow start as a team. So, as a point guard, Ingram is just, I think he's really great. I think he's really great, especially with this lineup. It's, there's something about some of these lineups where you have the Lakers bench players coming in just so eager to play. Uh, now, be, uh, we come back... I, I was watching the game, and then we're coming back from commercial break at the end of the first quarter, and um, the reporter was speaking with uh, Coach Walton, and he even commented that there was a lack of competitive effort by the team, and you know, you could see it in the body language of the players uh, that that first quarter just was not theirs. Uh, by the end of the, thir- end of the first quarter, OKC had a, a lead of 37 to 25, 12-point lead, and at some point it went from that to 42 to 37. still talking about the first half here of the Lakers versus OKC and nine minutes 30 seconds into the second quarter or left in the second quarter and OKC had a lead of 42 to 37 and what I was seeing is the Lakers continuing to play good defense and closing the point gap um, by pushing the play into the paint um, and creating more open shots with better ball movement um, and overall a better effort by the team so in this second quarter you started to see the team respond um, with their own offensive effort and creating stops or you know having a better defense better hustle overall that first quarter was brutal we were down by a maximum of 17 points in that first quarter. Um, and as I mentioned, we brought it down to a five-point deficit. Um, nine minutes and a half left in that second quarter. So with OKC up 44 to 38, um, this is where Luke Walton started to get a little bit um, just, you know, creative with the lineup. For example, he inserted Mo Wagner, the rookie, uh, into the game with a lineup of Josh Hart, Lance Stevenson, Zubek, and Mikhailuk. Um, Zubek, Mikhailuk, um, and Mo Wagner. I mean, already, these are like third string guys. Um with the only starter being Hart, 
Stevenson, that second string. So, what these players ended up doing is the following. OKC had a six-point lead, 44-38. And what we saw was effort. The Lakers offensively, defensively attacking the boards, changing that lead to 44 to 41 a three-point lead and then we ended up continuing to play with greater effort and just rebounding and scoring on transition offense brought that to a first lead change in the game 44 to 46 so the Lakers um, at this point had like a 21 to 5 run and this is where I kind of messed up kind of um, not keeping track of the timing of all this but you know I, I like the story that these points are sort of telling um, at this first lead change um, the Lakers had established a 21 to 5 run and it was like 3 point city Everyone was hitting three-pointers. Um, it ended up being that the Lakers just had better uh, and more consistent point-making out of working in the paint. And throughout the game, OKC had just more three-pointers. Uh, for example, PG-13 was just ridiculous man he was sometimes i right now he's playing out of his mind i think it's so i don't know if it's underrated i'm sure everyone is seeing this but he's balling out um getting crazy three-point shots on with people just in front of his face nothing phases him um regardless um so like I was mentioning, 44 to 48, a Laker lead. 50 to 54, Laker lead. 63 to 67, Laker lead. So we were maintaining a four-point lead. Um, what is looking like? I mean, at this point, it, since I didn't write down the time, this was probably by the end of the second quarter. Um, yeah, let me double check here. So that first quarter, like I mentioned, um, the Lakers were down 27 to 39. So we were down by 12 points. And then in that second quarter, we rallied. Um, we scored 40 points in that second quarter to the OKC 24 points. And then that's that rally that I was talking about where... Um, Luke Walton changed the lineup, put some third stringers in, and that hustle turned into 40 points in one quarter, that second quarter. Um, now, going into that third and fourth quarter, um, the Lakers, all they had to do was really maintain, like I mentioned, that four-point lead. Uh, on top of OKC so what we ended up doing was we were leading and we, we closed that gap uh, we had to close that gap and score 40 points in the second quarter 
and then we ended up maintaining the lead throughout that third quarter and throughout the rest of the game um, but we'll continue to observe here like uh, the points and what I was observing I mean for example Lonzo Ball he was hitting some momentum shifting three-pointers he hit two three-pointers in that second quarter that were just huge and I think the coach ended up sending a message to the starters when he had those third stringers in the game um, because they were the ones that started to shift the point lead to LA um, and so what you saw was the players the first um, the starters basically on the bench watching these third stringers ball out and saying hey we got to get back in this game and play the at the pace that these guys are playing it and so uh, what we saw was players have more confidence in their game sticking to their game plan um, and then not being afraid of taking the shots that they know how to take and that they um, know they can feed off of throughout their game. Uh, this is a good team that plays good defense, great transition offense, and really they need to get the ball moving with good point guard sort of like direction. And this Laker team is really dangerous. I mean, even with this crazy lineup of third stringers, we were able to cut a 12-point lead, 15-point lead, and set our team up in position to take the lead. Phenomenal. All in one quarter. Um, talk about a tail. I mean, that first half was a tail of two quarters. It, you know, how, how they say in football, tail two halves. You know, that's, that's exactly how that first half was in this game. So... Um, what ended up being the game plan for uh, the Lakers and you know I've seen them do this game plan and execute this game plan uh, throughout the games that we've been observing and you know we've mentioned it before on this podcast that the Lakers are able to they're able to, to put bodies on people and play great defense uh, especially when they're all hustling we know that players like Josh Hart, Lonzo, um, KCP, they're going to be great at being aggressive and putting a body on someone. Um, sometimes not everybody uh, shows that same aggression, and that's what happened in that first quarter. But the Lakers were forcing the OKC Thunder to shoot threes. And this was a, a you know an anomalous game for the three-point shooting of OKC because throughout the whole season they haven't been great a, th- a great three-point shooting team, but they were on fire today. Like Robertson, um, Paul George, um, sometimes uh, oh yeah, definitely. Russell Westbrook splashed a couple of threes, uh, especially um, when I believe they got him on the foul, and then they gave him a little bit too much space, and he just splashed a three uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter, where 
I mean, those it was a momentous three because it sent a, sort of the game into overtime. But we'll get to that. Um, like I mentioned, the Lakers were forcing the three-pointer um, and slowing the pace of the Thunder. And as soon as we were getting wild and starting to play with pace, it's it was hard to keep for the Thunder to keep up with us. Um, when I saw Makai Luke come in, Makai Luke with the three, and then he had a great hustle play where he was, uh, you know, crawling on the ground for the ball, and he feeds the ball to uh, Zubac and ended up like slam dunking that. I think he ended up feeding it to Josh Hart, who fed it to Zubac. And it was just a, a great um, hustle play to watch. So, like I mentioned, we doing great but the thunder were really splashing threes all over the place so pg-13 had um some crazy three-pointers um in this quarter in the third quarter zuba had seven for seven um from the field goal um shooting crazy i mean just being completely effective for us but by the time that we were uh, rolling, the OKC, for example, found a way to go from 69 to 73 to 92 and 80. Uh, so they were losing 69 to 73. And then they came back. And then they were winning 92 to 88. And they were able to maintain that lead, 95 to 93. But we continued to push the pace and ended up with another lead change, 101 Lakers to 98 OKC. And now in the fourth quarter, um, really Zubak was coming in hot into that fourth quarter. He was 9 for 10 shooting, and really that fourth quarter, that fourth quarter, the OKC and um, the Lakers were essentially tied the whole quarter, which is why we were able to just go into overtime because check these scores out as I was taking notes. It was 105 to 105. Zubak, 9 for 10 shooting. 111 to 111. Westbrook with the three, causing an LA timeout. Kuzma with the three, and then another three to set us up for 122 to 122 into overtime. And then while in overtime, we got a three pointer by Lonzo Clutch. Zubak staying in the game in overtime. Playing with just hot, heavy hustle in the paint. Wonderful passing in the lane by Lonzo Ball to Zubak. And Zubak with the career high points. 26 points, 12 rebounds. Ingram, he didn't really score too much. But he was effective as a point guard with many assists. And he was able to continue his production that way in overtime. 
to give us that lead, 138, and that win, 138 to 128, over the Thunder. Okay, so what did we learn about Lakers versus OKC? Here we go. So field goal, field goal percentage. We shot 50%. Thunder shot 39%. So we did a great job, like I mentioned, on defense. Um, forcing the Thunder to take contested three-point and two-point shots. I mean, we were just putting our hands up and... Um, playing the ball three-point shooting 19 shots for the Lakers at 47% from the three-point line 22 three-pointers for the Thunder at 40% and we were actually phenomenal from the free throw line for once this is an um, a rare occasion <laughs> we're celebrating it um, 19 free throws shot at 90% for the Lakers for the Thunder 24 free throws made on 66% efficiency so you know the Thunder had they made more free throws probably could have been in a better position this game as well Rebounding, Lakers 63, Thunder 44 rebounds. So I think that's probably one of the biggest discrepancy. This one and this following stat, the biggest sort of like discrepancies that you can see like, oh, wow. So this is what this team excelled in in this game, whereas this other team did very poorly. So rebounding, um, 20, no, this is 19 more rebounds than the Thunder. Um, and then points inside the paint, 56 to the Thunder's 24. So the Lakers almost um, more than double. Uh, well, definitely a little less than double uh, the amount of points inside the paint from the Thunder. So, what I saw definitely with Russell Westbrook being contested while he was driving to the lane, um, I don't think he was getting fouled a lot. He was definitely going to the free throw line, um, struggling a little bit from the free throw line, but also a lot of, you know, there were a couple layups that were wide open, but he just missed, you know, coming in too strong or just not having the right touch on the ball um, couple stats on the individual players Kuzma 32 points 4 assists, 8 rebounds 3 steals 7 3 pointers balling the heck out Kyle Kuzma um, like I mentioned second best player on this squad 
I know Rondo is Rondo, but if we're accounting for potential, Kuzma. Kuzma. Um, like I mentioned, Brandon Ingram from the point guard position, eight points, not that much scoring, but 11 assists, eight rebounds. 100% from the free throw line. Let's go, Ingram. Um, Zubak, 26 points. Career high, season high. Um, one assist and 12 rebounds. Zubak with that nice double double. Give me some grilled onions with that, please. Thank you. Um, Josh Hart. Also a double-double here with 12 points, 5 assists, and 10 rebounds. Lonzo Ball had himself a good complimentary game and really just took care of business. Having some confidence in his 3-pointers, 4 3-pointers for 18 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. So there's your OKC versus LA game honestly Lakers um, young players showed up today and I think they imp- they definitely impressed me because they showed me that they were in a playoff environment at Thunder and they were down 15 17 points and then the third stringers came in off a of Luke Walton substitution. Had Mo Wagner. Zvi Mikhailuk. Uh, Ivica, I believe. Um, Zubak. With Stevenson and Hart. And these players chopped that lead from the Thunder down to a basically three-point lead. Starters came in. Kuzma came in. Okay, now let me score some points with this three-point deficit. And next thing you know, we're up by, you know, know, by the end of the game, including overtime, they won by ten points. So... It was incredible. It was incredible to see that that's how these players are going to be developing this season. I think um, the injury to the groin injury to LeBron James definitely has to be something that's um, taken very seriously. You know, groin injuries. If he does re-injure that, he'll be probably out of. Um, contest like for definitely more than just these 11 games that he's missed he'll probably be out for months um you know we're already closing up january and you know playoffs start in april so next thing you know it's february march april so we need a healthy lebron down the line um and we need these players to be in these tough situations so that 
essentially everybody can get good playing time and when it comes to these super teams um like you know in our western conference we see the gold state warriors as you know uh, this eight-headed monster or whatever but when we have a team that you know you trust the starters of course but then you trust the bench and you trust the third stringers like a team that's just homegrown like that it's special and I think the Lakers are starting to feel how just special it is to you know be performing with the effort and the winning mentality this game sort of like you saw the mental switch in the middle of the freaking game that's why I feel like it's one of the most amazing games I've seen as of late recently especially out of my Lakers so I'll stop talking about that that game um, I do want to transition here in this middle the middle of the segment um, to talking about the AFC championship game and actually uh, just recap the Patriots versus Chargers game uh, Chargers lost to the Patriots Patriots won you know proceeding or you know advancing I'm sorry to the AFC championship so we won 41 to 28 my prediction that was that we were going to win 31 to 17 this took place January 13th Sunday at 10.05 a.m. and my my uh, prediction for this game um, was that you know, since we were playing at home, we were going to play our game offensively and especially defensively. So, but I knew that what was going to happen was that that the Chargers weren't going to be able to score many touchdowns. They're going to have to resort to field goals. Um, However, the thing that I anticipated was that the running backs were going to be just like tearing us up, tearing us up, and I don't think that's that was the case, you know, like, um, our rush defense was amazing, um, we ended up limiting the wide receivers, Philip Rivers, they they didn't really feel it didn't feel like the Chargers came into Foxborough ready to play this game. Uh, they had no business in that game. Basically, at the end of the day, um, because they were just out outmanned. Like even on the the line of scrimmage, uh, you didn't see too much uh, pushback from the defensive line on the Chargers which you know we were very scared of I, I mean I definitely was I feared Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa I thought that they were going to be a lot more um, sort of impactful in the game um, almost you know Von Miller types is what they made them to seem but Patriots coming up with just 
great wham plays and by wham i mean uh or they mean that you had two tight ends two running um two people in the backfield a running back and a halfback and you set up a play where you're pulling a guard or you're pulling guard and the fullback to one side of the field you have the tight end already Gronk amazing guard apparently (laughs) I mean amazing uh, blocker Uh, not just a pass catching freak but you have Gronk sealing people off and then you have this little truck of James Devlin coming to clear people up in front of people and the guard as well so it, it gave Sonny Michelle opportunities to run up and down the field Tom Brady was 34 44 343 yards passing and one touchdown Sonny Michelle 24 carries 129 yards 5.4 yards per carry three touchdowns like I said efficient getting just all those opportunities great blocking Sonny Michelle is going to be very effective in this Kansas City game mark my words James White you already know what it is 15 receptions 97 yards Julian Edelman the flying squirrel with 9 receptions this game and 151 yards Um, Patriots basically outscored the Chargers by halftime 21 to 7 it's uh I, I was watching so I'm sorry no no that wasn't that wasn't right so 30 yeah, yeah so by by halftime the Patriots were up 38 to 7 so watching I just wanted to make the point that I was watching this game um at Hermosa Beach Shark no yeah Sharkies and I was in my vintage Patriots you know classic red uh jersey and I didn't know that the Chargers had an event right next door uh, at American Junkie and basically everybody Adermosa Beach in that little bar area had blue Chargers jerseys and I was there for that second quarter the first probably the end of the first quarter into the second quarter and I saw the two touchdowns um I believe one was the one was the Sonny Michelle touchdown that I saw and the other one was that fade route or that that corner route that Tom Brady threw and um, I was the only person there cheering it was hilarious hilarious now I do want to hear 
transition into you know this this Chiefs game which is definitely going to be way more competitive than the Chargers game um, this past weekend um, so I didn't want to touch too much on the Chargers game because although it did set us up for this game it just really wasn't that competitive of a game um, the Patriots played their defense um, to the tune of perfection I think and offensively we were just rolling on all cylinders and playing the game plan that we needed to play against the Chargers defense that was stout really in all phases except once we made the defense become one-dimensional Tom Brady was able to pick that apart and I have some stats you know in the pre in this preview of the AFC championship game that from the first game that kind of make me believe that I think the Patriots are going to come forward with a similar game plan that they did against the Chiefs this past time um, and I say that because the Chiefs don't have Kareem Hunt in this game um, let me just get right into it you know Patrick Mahomes he um, had 23 completions out of 36 attempts 352 yard passing four yard I mean four touchdowns um, and the 43 to 40 Patriot win on October 14th this season Kareem Hunt when he was playing uh, he's no longer on the team 10 carries for 80 yards five receptions for 105 yards and one touchdown Tyreek Hill of course seven catches 142 yards and three touchdowns so in this game when they came to Foxborough to play us they had their best weapons Travis Kelsey in this game I sorry I did didn't catch that five receptions 61 yards coming into this game they don't have Kareem Hunt who accounted I mean if I look back here so he counted for 185 yards of offense they won't be having that contribution this game and that's partly how they were able to um, keep pace with the Patriots scoring offense this game because in this last game or in the last game that we played against the Chiefs in October Tom Brady was putting up a clinic he definitely I mean of course 11 uh, incompletions but 24 completions out of 35 attempts 340 yards two touchdowns pass, um, passing Sonny Michelle, 24 carries, 106 yards, two touchdowns. And then you have here a list of just everybody on the receiving court feeding, eating, spreading the ball around, just finding the zones, picking the man that's open. 
Tom Brady put on a clinic, I think. So Gronk had three catches for 97 yards. Hogan, four catches for 78 yards. Edelman, four catches, 54 yards. Gordon, he's not on our team right now, but five catches, 42 yards. If you look at, okay, James White, five catches, 53 yards. Look at the situation. We have a similar situation on these teams. Josh Gordon, out. Kareem Hunt, out. But here's the difference. Josh Gordon, five catches, 42 yards catching this game. Versus Kareem Hunt, 10 carries, 80 yards, 5 receptions, 105 yards, 1 touchdown. His contribution to that offense meant way more at that point in time than Josh Gordon. So when you assess, and I've heard people assess this game that they're going to play as, uh, you know, the Chiefs just have more talent. Mahomes just has more talent. That's a very valid argument. But at this point, I think what you can say is... Maybe that the Chiefs have more talent per player than the Patriots do. But the Patriots have talent, I think, in the nucleus of the team. And I think that's the I think that's more important than just having two, three standout players that, you know, if they're not in the game, which Kareem Hunt's not going to be in the game, you know, it's it's kind of up in the air. And it's easier for Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, um, our defensive coordinator, I forget his name, I'm sorry, um, to game plan against this Chiefs um, offense. So, I think the last game is a good precursor to what may come, but something tells me this game is going to be a lot more dominant uh, by the Patriots. Something just tells me that. I mean, their their game against the Chief, the Chargers, that, that was no joke. We were at home, but it was definitely no joke. And I also want to just cover right now um, a couple of the storylines for this ABC Championship game. Sub-Zero Arctic Blast Temperatures. Um, Tom Brady is 13-2 and when playing below 32 degrees. Basically below freezing. Some crazy statistic like that and... I mean, I'm just not going to count him out because he's the visitor and it's going to be sub-zero temperatures. I mean, this man played in that snow game, you know, the tuck rule game. It was snowing like crazy. So, I don't think that's a very um, valid sort of like component of this game. In terms of the quarterback play, 
but what I do see is maybe these players that are taking hits more, delivering hits more, they'll probably be the ones that are more affected by the by the temperature, which obviously affects the game. Um, I like the fact that this is um, the largest age gap in quarterbacks in playoff NFL history. Um, Tom Brady just turned 41, 42 I believe, and Patrick Mahomes, 23 years old, incredible, Um, also the Chiefs at home, that defensive boost, the offensive boost, the Patriots have not been playing well on the road, Um, just a couple storylines for this AFC Championship game, I think I'll be giving you guys some more like injury updates tomorrow. But just wanted to touch base on this Patriots run in the playoffs. So glad that you know I'm able to share it with you guys. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. You know, I talk about sports because I love sports, especially the Lakers. Actually, I only talk about the Lakers and the Patriots because these are the teams that I invest most of my time in. I'm not going to front here and say that I'm watching all 32 NFL teams, all 38 NBA teams. Um, if I can, and if I was getting paid for it, I would. But this is fun for me. Lakers, Patriots, my squads, my teams. Love watching them play, get down. Um, you know, this Patriots team. We can, I think, this could be Tom Brady's. So, I've heard this, I think Skip Bayless said this. Or I'm not entirely who. But one of those pundits mentioned that this could be Tom Brady's crowning achievement. That if he takes this team specifically to Super Bowl run and wins it. I mean, it, it would be incredible. And... Putting aside what people, what the media say about these players, I don't think that um, the Patriots are getting by off talent alone. I think we shouldn't underestimate how well these players are playing for each other and for the coach, for the game plan, uh, for the sake of winning. I think this is something that I always take away from being a Patriots fan. I don't take it for granted that we're able to be so efficient, um, so dominating, and like winning games. I'm not saying this to brag or anything, but it's it's something that I observe and that I try to look up to uh, in my own, in my own personal life because. Um, when you adhere to the system, when you have conviction in your way of doing things, you know that your way of doing, doing things um, takes all things into consideration, the finest details, um, the love of what you're doing. I mean, why would you feel like you're doing something wrong? Or why would you feel like, you know, 
that that that's that must be very satisfying like for for you to go and execute game plans like that and just win games It, it, it looks like fun. Not gonna lie. It looks like fun. But I just wanted to take a little gander at that championship game coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about NFC championship game as well. Um, hey, these are only two, the only two games coming up. So we have time to talk about two games. Um, we'll be tuning in with you guys tomorrow. Thanks again so much for tuning in and spending some time here on Game Night with Eddie. I'm your host, Eddie. Hope you have a great night.